0: This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation.
1: Welcome to The Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We've got quite a few things to talk about and I hope you've got your chuckling boots on because we've got one or two things that you may just chuckle on about. Good morning, Barry. (laughs)
0: Good morning, Mariana.
1: What a day. It's Tuesday the 20th of July, Quarter past 11 and I'm already frazzled for the entire week.
0: Oh, she's been grumbling away ever since she got here, guys. She said her life is turning into... Custard. (laughs) Custard. You know all that mud out there that people are wading around out out in the Waikato? Those poor farmers out there trying to feed animals and milk them and calves are being born and there's mud everywhere and more water and more mud.
1: Bloomin' head.
0: You don't know how lucky you are, Mariana.
1: (laughs) That's true. We are safe and sound in our little studio, having a blast talking about Bridge, a game that we all love. And we've got some more emails, Barry. Yeah,
0: that's good. I heard that there was something in the mix.
1: Our friend from California has emailed and they're going back to face-to-face Bridge and he made a comment about that one of his Bridge clubs, they're going to have to wear masks. Well, Gary, I can tell you, we've been there and done that. Yeah, I've, got
0: to, I've got to admit... I didn't like the masks much. I find it hard going. It's much better not having to wear them. So this is Gary, our friend from California.
1: Yeah, and he says they're going to have to wear masks. Well, I remember when we came back after COVID Mm. and we were wearing masks and we had sanitizers and gloves and everything.
0: Well, we've still got the sanitizers, but we don't have to wear the masks anymore, Gary. So So um, you
1: do get through it, Gary. I do remember someone sneezed and some person ducked off into the kitchen and waited till it all settled down. (laughs) Bleach baths.
0: Fair go, Gary. Apparently, the they went home and had a bleach bath. I don't even know what that is. Really? But I don't want to know either. It sounds horrible.
1: If that's how uncomfortable to you, this COVID vibe, then you do what you have to do.
0: I don't think I'll ever have to do that, Mary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's pleasing to hear that all the players have had vaccine because some of our players still haven't had their turn. Have you had yours?
0: No, I no, haven't. Like, I'm, I'm the too, last group. I'm too young.
1: Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I must get my next year then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. They got enough vaccine to, I think I'm due in the middle of August or something.
1: Yeah, I'm not too sure whether I believe the rumours going around, the government's saying they've got plenty to go around and everyone's saying that there's not enough and they've already run out. Who knows? I don't care. But when they give me my letter, I'll be fronting up.
0: Didn't they get one hundred and fifty thousand doses last week, or something? Or was it more? I don't, I don't know. Was it more than that? I don't know. So I think there might yeah. be some out there.
1: Well, my parents are seventy-nine, and they've had both of their vaccines and their flu jabs before that. And I do know that my bridge partner, she has had both of hers as well. And Barbie lives here in Hamilton.
0: Mm, there you go. Mm,
1: some Hamilton people that haven't had it, but anyway, that's us. Now you need to tell us the title and the author of that book because we've had a request from Martin.
0: So this was the Defence book. Yes. So we got an email from Martin who's asking and he said he would like the, to know the title of the book. Well, it was Kentar for the Defence, Volume 1. No, it wasn't. It was Volume 2. Oh,
1: What year was it published?
0: I don't know that. I haven't actually got <laughs> the book here. <laughs> I've got the name of the author and I've got the title and That's I've even got the volume number. What do. more do you want?
1: <laughs> True. It is a good book.
0: It is an excellent book. Well worth a read. And I um, mean, if you Google it, there's copies available for purchase. I think they were 1995 on the site I looked at.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Let's, Pretty cheap let's, for a bridge book. I actually haven't brought one for probably a year now. I should start building that library of mine. How many books have you got in your library?
0: I've lost count, Mariana. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I go somewhere where there's bridge books for sale, I never buy one. It's always more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you like to count is how many high card points you've got.
0: <laughs> I think Jenny goes a bit crazy with all these bridge books. Are you going to read that one again, she says? Oh, yeah. So We've got lots of them. We've got a house full of bridge books. And there's a few in the garages, a few boxes in the garages as well, Mariana.
1: Wow, you should bring one of those old boxes into the Bridge Zone prize draw cover. If you're not going to read them, maybe you should... Oh, I'm going to
0: read them again. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them, I might be 100 by the time we get back to the last one.
1: you have Coke bottles for glasses. Hey, Barry, and just a quick catch-up on our three little aces, what's a go?
0: Same old, same old. Jack James is still in front. Jeremy Fraser-Hoskin is second, and Blair Fisher's doorline third.
1: Well, maybe it might change this weekend. It
0: actually got very close after Saturday, but then it all changed again on Sunday. So it's still the same situation.
1: All right. So we'll catch up again next week about the Three Little Laces.
0: Anyway, what do you think about the secret fantasy world of Michael Ware?
1: The plane, the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Michael Ware's Fantasy Island.
0: Apparently, this is what he's been dreaming about, Mariana.
1: Oh my God! Do I? No, I don't really want mental images. Look, look, look,
0: it's it's bridge related.
1: Oh, where's the fun in that? eh, It's bridge, and it's not
0: what you'd think.
1: Oh, okay, better up then.
0: So apparently, people know about the master point scheme: A points, B points, C points. How they work? Do you think they all know? So every you know every club session you play, if you yeah. win, you get forty C points, and yeah. and if you get up to a hundred C points, that becomes a B point. Mm-hmm. A points are different; you can only win those at tournaments, really. So yeah. they're different, but um, you can still win C points and B points at tournaments as well, mm-hmm. as well as at the club. So when Michael Weir apparently is just shy of 2,000... You know, he's got all those A's. Michael Weir is the number one master point holder in New Zealand, and he's got something like between eight and 9,000 A points, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, how could that happen? And and what's more, he's trying to win $10 for Blair, or $5 for Blair, but I bet that he can't get 500 A points in a year. But anyway, enough about that. Apparently... It's his B points that he's fantasizing about Mariana.
1: Oh He's really? got
0: nineteen hundred and ninety eight. And he's trying to get to two thousand. Thought it was gonna happen this weekend, didn't get there. He was on nineteen ninety seven and now he's on nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> so he's he's on the cusp, Mariana. Oh. So there you go. He's a he's a even platinum grandmasters of which we only have one in New Zealand and Michael where is it even they still have little goals that they have and he wants to get to 2,000 bees wow so there you go 2,000 bees you know what you get when you get to 2,000 bees Mariana? no absolutely nothing
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should get him a lollipop
0: (laughs) well that's always a sermon he gets there he's still got one and a bit to go
1: He'll definitely get there. So we've got
0: some results from Fongare as well. The winners of the pairs were Matthew Brown and Steve Bowie. Cool. His father-in-law. Mm-hmm. And second, from down south, were, as Grant Jarvis put it, Jane Squared. That's Jane Skipper and Jane Lennon from Christchurch. <laughs> World well unto to them. And the teams, and this is a bit of an action replay, Matthew Brown. But this time he was playing with Malcolm Mayer and Steve Bowie, who was playing with his daughter, Andy Bowie. Oh, but, How
1: about that? Yeah, so
0: they won the team. So a great weekend for Steve and Matt, obviously. Very good. And second was the Weir team.
1: Oh, he's getting there.
0: Michael Weir playing with Leon Mayer and Jan Cormack playing with Tim Schumacher.
1: Very good. Well done, Leon. So
0: South Island well represented in those results. Hmm. It was a great weekend. I mean, the rooms were jam-packed. They actually had... And I don't know how they fitted them all in. They weren't able to do much in the way of catering because they just didn't have room. They had 32 teams in the Whangarei club <laughs> rooms. So they were packed to the gunnels.
1: So what did you mean about the catering? There was no catering? Well, they, they, they,
0: just... well normally they use they have a catering area where they have yep. tables and food out. Well, they didn't do that. They, they sort of managed to get around it. They had some sort of benches on the side. There still was some food there, but it was difficult for them to fit everything in the yeah. pairs was okay they had not quite so many tables i think there's something like 24 tables in the right. pairs which was fine because they still had that dining area if you like available it all got a bit tight in the teams great uh, buzz in the club rooms and i think that would be the best entry they've had for many a year at that event nice
1: that's pretty good though the only thing you've got a problem is where you're going to fit the food I don't think people
0: can. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and I have to say, the food was pretty damn good as well.
1: Well done, eh? That's awesome. Don't have a good debrief after that little weekend then?
0: It doesn't get any better than that. They did a great job.
1: Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond.
0: What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit.
2: Good morning. It's finally stopped rated Yay.
0: Oh, <laughs> have you got mud as deep in Taranaki as we have in the Waikato? do you think?
2: Well, of course, our soils are probably superior and better draining. You know, there is a little bit of mud. <laughs> <laughs> There's a spade
1: digging. A well, little oh. the going there. <laughs> I
0: can't argue whether I'm born and bred in Waitara.
1: <laughs> the necky boy and the necky girl.
0: What's your tip to avoid getting mud thrown at you at the bridge table?
1: Well, it's I'm about
2: defence, which, as everyone's leading, is my favourite subject. And my tip for this week is discouraging in a suit is almost the same as encouraging in another suit. I said almost the same because sometimes we try and discard. Most people play low encouraging, and they're discarding, and they think, right, I've got to say something emphatic, and they a low card of the suit that they want and sometimes it can shorten your suit which is not what you're after especially in no trumps and so instead of thinking right i want to encourage in this suit making a discouraging play in another suit is a very very similar message and people get sort of concerned about that they want to say something emphatic and they think that discouraging another suit isn't very clear. But if you take a look at dummy and what's gone on, quite often it's only between two suits left anyway because there's one might be one that the clear is shown and you know that they're strong in, and there might be another quite decent suit and dummy. It often is only between two suits that you want to tell partner about. So discouraging in one suit is very similar to making an emphatic statement of encouraging another suit
0: partners good enough to work it <laughs> out aren't they should do Well,
2: I think think we get a little bit hung up on signals in the scene. I mean they're great things but you still have to think sorry, <laughs> you still have to think a signal isn't a command partner still needs to think about what's going on and even if it was a command saying don't play clubs I well mean please play hearts
0: yeah, well, sometimes there's also the added problem is you may not have a card that is bad high attitude cards lie high, high enough or low, and you think mm, if I play that, is partner going to work out that I want that and I want that suit led or not led? So that gives you a bit of a problem too, doesn't it?
2: Yes, I would just say signals are great, but they don't absolve you from thinking about stuff. <laughs> Maybe that should have been the tip. Maybe that'll be a tip down the line.
0: <laughs> it's, it's absolutely true. You think, oh, I wish they told me what to lead so I didn't have to think. But when partner says, yes. don't lead a heart, well, at least they've told you that.
2: Exactly. I think make it as clear as you can for partner. Encouraging in one suit is very often the same as encouraging in another.
0: Now, what's the story, Pam, about this auntie run that you went on on the weekend?
2: Oh, it was fabulous. We left this thing Saturday morning. We picked up an auntie in Whanganui and took her to Wellington. We visited another auntie in Wellington, and then we came by a paihea tour to visit an auntie and uncle there. It was great to see them all. Now, I'm sorry if I haven't got your ages quite right, but they're all near 80 or over 80, and they're all sharp as tacks. And I just want to say a special hello to Auntie Nancy in Pahia Tua. She still has a bridge for her and I showed her how to listen to the bridge zone and the bridge tips. If you're listening, Auntie Nancy, it was great to
1: see you. Hello, Auntie Nancy. I know some people that play bridge at Tour because I learnt how to play bridge in Palmerston North. So Diane Hunter, <laughs> Peter Avery.
0: Is there a bridge club in Tour? Yep.
1: It's
2: disaffiliated
0: now because they were getting very low on members, so, but oh, they still play. That's sad
2: to hear. But anyway, go Auntie
1: Nancy. Hi Uncle Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. We're moving on to this weekend. Where are you playing?
0: I'm playing the same place as you are, Mariana.
1: Uh, we're going travelling off to Matamata Open.
0: Talking about good food. The Matamata Bridge Club is absolutely renowned yep. for their food. Yeah, it's not duck good. shooting season, but <laughs> <laughs> duck shooting season is usually a bit of duck. But who knows what they'll have. I think Judith Howard provided some fish, didn't she, for the yeah, last well, She one.
1: goes out fishing and then she takes it down to the local chippy, gets them to batter them and bring them in and she drops off fresh. Everybody loves it, but not this moldy, This moldy does doesn't eat seafood.
0: Surely you'd eat a bit of snapper though, wouldn't you? Anyway, look, who knows what surprises the Matamata Bridge Club have got in store for us this year.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have a check while we're talking on the show to see what their entries look like.
0: They only had 13 tables when I was looking, so I hope they've got a few more. I'm sure it's not too late to get your name in, and they can fit at least another half a dozen tables in there.
1: All right, hey, I've got a question, and my question is, you know, we've sometimes the pool of directors at a club seems to not increase at a rate that most people would like and the and i don't mean to be mean but the age of directors isn't getting any younger how can we help that and the other thing that i want to know about is why do we have problems getting people interested in scoring as a scorer why is that an issue Barry so let's deal with directors
0: I think the problem that we have it's bridges just too good a game yep. that's what I think and most people want to play it and yep. not direct it so that is a bit of a problem certainly mm-hmm. for tournament directors the good players they want to play in tournaments people that like bridge they want to play they don't want to direct and you know I mean i have done a bit of directing but I just would not want to be directing I'd rather play yeah. and Actually, so I, swap. I don't, so I, what we need to do is we have to make people not enjoy bridge so much and say I'll be a director <laughs> I guess it's a it's a good thing about our game that it's so good that mm. people don't want to be directing mm. but of course a lot of clubs on club nights have playing directors Yes. But even that is a bit of a pain in the neck when you're trying to play and then, you know, in the middle of some complicated contract and trying to figure out how you're going to make it in the next minute. Director, please. And you're, oh, I've got to get up and go over to that table. Then I've got to come back and then I've got to pick up my hand and get back into the bridge mode. And I get another car director, please. And I'm over there. Oh, it's just a nightmare. So I, I really sympathize for those people that play and direct and, um, good on you. All those people out there all around the country that do it but it must be very annoying
1: yep and not just for them but for their partners too
0: oh yeah yeah that's right their partners must be going crazy I'd be
1: getting a bit toe-tappy but like I said that's why I changed so I swapped from having a look at being a director which I did start down in Palmerston North and I was dead keen and then I decided actually I actually do want to play so I swapped over to Lessons so oh, I went okay. to the NZ Bridge Teachers Seminar down in Wellington and went to that and now I'm doing lessons, so I sort of feel their pain. but the other thing is about the age of our directors now I'm only talking about Hamilton is that our more careful older,
0: be careful
1: more <laughs> older bridge players that have been directing for a long time do a lot of directing. At the club, and I was just thinking, is it because they're used to the routine of this is what I do on whenever they do it? Because it's probably been the same people for the last few years, would that be right? Um, I
0: don't think we've had too many changes.
1: Yeah, so it's either that they love it, it's routine, or is it lucrative? Does it line their pockets? Does it buy their smoko?
0: I am pretty <laughs> confident that it ain't that lucrative, Mariana. Oh, come on. <laughs> it is, it's not a lot of money. I no. say so I think I don't think it's any secret. I think the Hamilton Bridge Club pays thirty dollars a session for their directors. That's not a lot of money really, is it? So mm-hmm. when you when you think they're probably tied up for if they get there a bit before and they're there a bit after, they're probably there for four hours. Yeah. And they get thirty dollars, they're getting seven dollars fifty an hour, Mariana. <laughs>
1: And it's, a game of bridge. It's not they, get, they wouldn't have to pay, would they?
0: there's not getting close to the minimum wage. <laughs> Eight
1: dollars fifty, yeah. and you get to yabber around and get to stand up whenever people are like, "Oi, come over here." <laughs> it's almost like being a waiter, isn't it?
0: If I'm around, I'm usually finished early. If there's a playing direct I, I sort of offer to help if somebody calls, yeah. you know, needs a director. Yeah. I, falls in the night.
1: <laughs> what about tournament directing? can yeah. make a bit of dos, going well, around yeah, and there, doing all
0: that. There's a bit more money in tournament directing, but then that means you can't play in the tournament, doesn't it? I mean, you can't be a playing director in a tournament. Not so great, but, yeah, there's a bit more money involved. And there, of course, are people, certainly in Australia, that's their living. They get paid to direct.
1: Well, Judge Julie and Patrick are sort of down that line, aren't
0: they? Patrick's certainly a full-time director at the Auckland Bridge Club, but mm-hmm. there aren't too many full-time directors in New Zealand. I suppose, I don't know whether... Yeah, I'm not actually too sure about other clubs
1: hmm. alright ok now I'm on to scorers then
0: scorers yeah People that interested? is a problem that is really a pro- people don't want to score and even people that know how to score don't want to come and do it at a tournament right it's it's a real issue for Hamilton Bridge Club I know we've, um, we've got somebody that's um, hopefully fingers crossed is looking like they're going to fill the bill and help us out with our tournaments and if you're listening We really appreciate you being a real struggle um, to have somebody Is it
1: system-based? You know, it's like, oh, you use that system. I don't like that system. Why don't you do... Because some systems are are weird and they always muck up. And I hate things that that I can't control, that don't do what I want them to do. And I have been to a couple of tournaments in the smaller clubs where the movement is... Fine for the number of tables, but the system won't actually take the movement. And I was like, "What a pain in the neck is that!"
0: Well, it's not any smaller clubs, Mariana. I know some of the bigger clubs have that problem too. You know, for whatever reason, yeah. they can't do a certain movement because they don't know how to cope with it or the score. So, what are your thoughts with- to
1: improve that? Or well, if oh, anybody's man. got any information about how you think we might improve that, dangle a bit more bait. Get our software or systems up to date. I have no idea about it. Well, there are
0: obviously a few different scoring systems in use around New Zealand and Australia, no doubt, as well. Gee, I guess if one of them was perfect, everybody would be using it. They've all probably got their advantages and disadvantages.
1: Maybe we should find a scorer and give them a call. Yeah, but
0: they'll probably, of course, have their biases as to what system they want to use. Mm -hmm. and. Really, if you're at a club that hasn't got that system, they're probably not going to want to go through the upheaval of chucking out the old system True. and getting a new one. Well, how many yeah.
1: systems in New Zealand are there? Compass? Certainly a lot of them
0: are using Compass in the Waikato. There's CompScore, that's the New Zealand Bridge one. I think there might be one or two others. It's not a, not a huge number, but there are a few of them around. Right. And I don't know. I can never tell which one's the best one.
2: <laughs>
0: it's very tough that the... Root of the problem, of course, is you still, whatever system you have, you you need need to have somebody that wants to do it. And it's a little bit of a commitment, and there's a bit of a learning curve. I certainly know that I wouldn't be able to do it. It's beyond me. Coming up
1: next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help?
0: Judge Julie presiding. I've got a question from the Weekend's Bridge in Whangarei. This really happened. One of the players heard from a neighbouring table who they were about to receive the boards from, something like, that's 15 to 18 balanced, and then the other hand is 8+. plus and they sort of didn't think any more about it until the board came to them next and south opened a no trump and north announced of course that it was 15 to 17 balanced and then of course north proceeded to show eight plus by either bidding game or inviting game and they're thinking to themselves oh this is what happened at the last table we should have done something about that should they have julie I'm not too certain that they've got any problem here because they don't have any information
3: about the hand that they haven't just learnt about from the auction. When we overhear things at the club and actually incredibly often when we get called as a director about it people actually haven't heard what they think they've heard or they haven't heard it about the board that they think they've heard it about. There is quite a lot of chat that goes around some of which will actually influence you you will have information you shouldn't have and other bits of information that are either completely irrelevant about last week's hand on a Thursday afternoon and you weren't even there for that When we overhear something that causes us a problem, that we know too much about somebody's hand, we have a decision to make and we've heard something that is going to affect that decision, we should always call the director. So if we overhear something that we think affects what we're going to do, we're going to call the director. The director will come over and will generally say, Either the hand, if you end up with a problem at some point where you think you just can't make the right decision, and this certainly happens when you've overheard about a slam hand, making or not making, call me back and I'll have a talk to you. Some of the time, the information that's been overheard, if it's particularly relevant, we can swap where they sit. If I've overheard that my partner has X Y Z in their hand, before I look at the hands at the table, the director can make me sit where my partner is. Oh,
0: okay, that's and interesting.
3: Now I'm just putting the hand I've already heard about. So there are things we can do. If you overhear something that is substantial, then you can call the director and say, I've overheard something that I think might cause me a problem, and the director will normally tell you to just keep playing, unless it's a situation like I just said. Then when you have a problem about making a decision, do I bid game, do I bid slam, what do I do? And the information you have heard impacts on this really badly. You call the director back and say, look, I mean, what am I meant to do here? Because okay. you're in an impossible situation. If you've heard that the SAM didn't make, are you really going to make a try for SAM? Well, you might have normally, you just don't know what you'd normally do because that information is really playing on your mind. So you call the director and the director should be able to sort everything out for you. Unfortunately, like In the weekend, we had very full rooms, which was fantastic. Wangarei put on a great event, but there's a lot of noise, and you can't avoid some of the time hearing things. Most of the time, it is completely irrelevant. You don't hear what is being said about the result, about the decisions, even about necessarily what people have. Occasionally it becomes really important.
0: This person, it sounds like they had no problem. All they heard was that one had 15 to 18 and the other one had 8 plus and they actually almost forgot about it until they started bidding the hand immediately after. Mm. And
3: so... All the information that they heard at the table yep. has come to light in the bidding. There it's, is nothing there that yep. is causing them a
0: problem. It yep, might
3: be a problem if they overheard, gee, I wish I'd let a diamond because it takes the contract
0: light. <laughs> now right.
3: you have a problem, don't you? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Now
3: you're probably... calling the director because this is really difficult. Oh, I might have let a diamond anyway. But now that I know a diamond lead the right lead, how am I meant to decide whether I would have or I wouldn't have? Mm.
1: So it gets very difficult sometimes.
0: Interesting stuff. Thank you, Julie. Okay, well, you all have
1: a good day. Okay. Thank you. Bye See for you now. See you later. All right, now I've got a question for you. Well, I'd like to know if anyone's out there and partner leads a singleton and you didn't work it out or you didn't have an ace, how many times that might actually happen? Because I can recall a couple of times when it's like, oh, I wanted it back. That was a singleton. And I was like, F. else, I meant to know that? I wonder how many times it actually happens.
0: <laughs> that's right there's a hand that Richard Solomon wrote up an NZ bridge this week where they had the singleton Tour of hearts right the suggestion was that they might lead that tour of hearts looking for a rough the opponents were in clubs so they led the tour of hearts Declarer played from dummy and their partner roughed it <laughs> they led it to a singleton in their partner and never had any. <laughs> the part, this, It's pretty rare for the opponents to have 12 cards yep. in an outside suit and be playing somewhere else. That is. <laughs> so there you go. Not very often you lead a singleton looking for a rough and you get it one round earlier than you thought.
1: That's about us for this week. If you've got any news, views or anything at all, send us an email, bridgezoneshuffle at com.
0: And next week, we'll be back with all the news from the Matter Matter Open on Saturday. Okay, so we'll catch you later. Bye for now. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts.